Hi guys, welcome to Put It Party, the podcast with me and Ali. Um, today our episode is sponsored by Metamorphosis, the tattoo and piercing shop based in London, professional body piercing and jewellery specialist since 1991. Hi Ali. Hey Daisy, how are you going? How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. It's like 10 o'clock at night, so we're doing a little twilight podcast for me. <laughs> nice well it is two o'clock in the afternoon so today is a bit more of a reasonable time for me so I'm happy <laughs> I know you've been the one getting all like the really chaotic um <laughs> you got a couple of 2 a.m's and 3 a.m's for our IGTVs <laughs> savage That's okay That's okay <laughs> be, I, I'm all good I can do it I'm a trooper <laughs> Um, now Danny's not with us today because she's got some things um with Lily that are keeping her so it's just Daisy and I um and today our topic we're going to be talking about absolute nightmare working experiences and I think we've all been there but in yachting it's like taken to another level because you're usually living with the people that you're working with (laughs) (laughs) and yachting attracts insane people so (laughs) It's kind of a lose-lose situation in that respect. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely does if below deck is um, something to go by. And we always say below deck is real. It is not scripted. So everyone is genuinely that insane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Daisy, do you tell me some of your – as a chief stew, I mean – that would be a whole nother level because not only if you're having bad experiences at in the workplace, you're the one also needing to manage the situation. Do you know what? For me, actually, since I've been Chief Stew, I haven't had any like crazy, crazy experiences. I think, you know, it's all kind of normal stuff that I've dealt with in the sense of, you know, it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of responsibility. It's you know, difficult because you're dealing with these high profile clients. You're also dealing with the captain who's also under a lot of pressure. So, you know, my experience since being a chief stew, yeah, there's good days, bad days, but I think overall, um, it's been mostly positive. My experience that stands out is actually the last job I had before I became chief stew. And this experience definitely pushed me to become Chief Stew because I was like, fuck this shit. I am not working with <laughs> batshit crazy women anymore. I am going to be my own boss. It's so, got inspiration. Yeah, I know. It really <laughs> did. I haven't been a, a worked under someone since then. There's so many crazy people You were out inspired there. to aspire. <laughs> exactly. That is pretty much it. That was almost like, wow, must be almost like eight years ago now. Oh, wow. So I joined a boat, a second stew on a big sailboat in Florida. And it was obvious that she, the chief stew, wanted other girls before me, which was fine. It was my first second stew job. I think it was my first second stew job. So it was a big, you know, um, kind of leap for me. And it was obvious she was trying to hire other girls because of the way that the conversation was going back and forth. And eventually I got the job and you know I was super stoked even though it was a big jump for me you know we all need to take that leap at some stage in our career Mm. so 
I arrived and she was just insane. She was such a fucking bitch. Honestly, it was bizarre. And I hate to say it because I think it makes me sound like I have a big head, but I honestly think she was so jealous of me. It was weird. So really? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a strange experience. We were in the shipyard. So in the shipyard, it's super chilled, especially as a second stew, like you're just cleaning, you're just taking inventories. It's really not a stressful time for the interior. And she would like do stuff to like catch me out. So we would like, she'd be like, right, let's go down to the wine cellar. And we go down to the wine cellar and she's like, tell me about these wines. And I'm like, what? She like pick up a random bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. And be like, tell me about the grape variety. Tell me this. that, And I was like, what? oh my God. Okay. Obviously didn't know the answer. So she would get so pissed off, would like be like stomping around, was super rude to me. I was like, this is insane. Then we would like other times we go down to the cabin and she'd be like, how do you detail this cabin? And it was almost like a trick. Qu- like I was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't know. Like you just clean it. I didn't know what answer she was looking for. So I was almost set up for failure. Mm. And she's like, wrong. She's like, you start from the top and you vacuum. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is great. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm just fucking dusting a room and making a couple <laughs> of beds. Like, I can't believe I can, this is like, I'm being wrong at this. What the hell? Yeah, it was, it was not very nice. So we were there for a few months and I kind of got deeper then. So I was hooking, I was kissing the bosun. Now we didn't sleep together because this woman scared me so much that I was like, I'm about to be fired. I can't fuck this woman off any more than I have. So me and him were just kissing, like having fun. Um, and I was quite, the shipyard's quite social and I was quite popular. I was going out every weekend. I had lots of friends and it, she was obsessed with it. it. I was like, why do you not care if I'm going out on a Friday night? It's like, oh, obsessed of course Daisy's going Obsessed in what way? Out. Like she wanted to join in or? I don't know because she was older and her I think basically her fiance I can't remember if they were engaged at the time but very very serious boyfriend was the first mate so I was 27 maybe at the time she was maybe like in her 30s and we just weren't really friends but of course she could join if she wanted to but I don't think she wanted to either so it was really that was what was so weird about it I was like why do you care what I'm doing with my free time Mm. so we, she brings me down to a cabin one day and this is why I'm pretty sure she was just jealous of me. And she's like, you lied to me on your CV, blah, blah, blah. And I was really upset because I was like, oh my God, did I? Like, did I embellish my CV? So then I ended up pulling up oh my, my CV and I was like, no, I, I, this is all factual. Like whatever way you interpreted it, that's on you. But this is fact, what I've done. But we are down in the cabin and she's like, it starts getting quite heated and she's like, yeah, and you're awful, like, like, fucking everyone. And I was like, what? I was like, you're I fucking everyone. Yeah. What's I that? haven't slept with it. And that was when I knew I was like, oh, I was like, your issue is, is that I'm popular and some of the boys fancy me. I was like, this mm. isn't about anything else. I was like, why is my sex life even relative to what's going on? By the way, I, I didn't sleep with anybody during that period. Me and this guy were kissing. 
And I was like, now the truth is coming out. I was like, Mm. you're insane. So then the boat sells. So I've only been there for two months at this stage. The boat is sold. And uh, what had happened was is all the HODs decided to leave and put in their like, um, their, oh God, sorry, I can't think of the word, the, um, Ah, resignation yes they're in letter of resignation (laughs) and the junior crew were a bit like oh maybe we'll stay on you know we were all a bit new whereas the the HODs had all been there for a long time so it was their time to depart so everybody got a severance package but what had happened the day before is while I was in my cabin now by the way she can see me I'm in the cabin and she's sitting on the crew mask couch and she can see me and she sends me an email I'm like looking at her (laughs) to whom it may concern exactly Exactly. and was like we're extending your probation because we're not happy with your your work and it really upset me because obviously I can see her and I'm like why aren't you talking to me about this secondly if you're not happy with my work why are you extending my probation just fire me or let me go Mm. and Thirdly, it all made sense the next day when we all got our severance packages because everybody else got like a three months page, but because of my probation got extended, I got nothing. <gasps> so yeah, and she knew so the boat was shitty. being sold. And I was like, you fucking bitch. You knew the boat was being sold. And because it didn't make ex- sense that my probation was being extended that's what a probation period is for you're either working out or you're not mm. why why extend it that doesn't make mm. sense yeah that's just taking like, the pee yeah I was like you fucking little bitch so I was super upset about that so we the junior crews decide to stay on all the HODs leave or go out that night on the piss but we're still working because we have to get the boat ready for this new owner so me and the the other junior Stu were downstairs in the cabin and the new captain comes down and he's like, this is really awkward. I'm really sorry, but the owner's decided to let you go. He wants to bring his own Stu's on. And we were like, perfect. You know what? Delighted. So we just drop everything and we go join everyone in the pub. We're all drinking, blah, blah, blah. So the deckhand comes up to me and he's like, Daisy, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, yeah, sure. So he brings me outside and he's like, there's basically been a meeting. Nobody wanted to tell you because they all care about you and they all love you and didn't want to upset you. But he's like, I don't think it's right. And he's like, I have something to tell you. And he's like, this woman, the chief's you wrote a letter about you to the new owner. He said, what? it's this huge letter about... Now, I've been on the boat two months. I've barely spoken <gasps> a word to this girl. Wow. Of all the things that that I'm awful at, that I'm an awful crew member, that I'm blah, blah, blah. And I was shocked. And he's like, yeah, he's like, and this boat loved me. Like I was super close with the crew and they were like, everyone's pretty upset about it, but they wanted to protect you, but I don't think it's right. Did anyone know what was said in the letter? I tried to get the letter because I wanted to sue her for slanderism um, because that's illegal. You're not allowed to write an opinion, a personal opinion of of somebody on a, on a, basically a legal document you know that becomes legal once it's written and this was all personal this wasn't a you know there was nothing factual like being like oh she was late for work or 
you know, she was given a verbal warning. It was just like, I think Daisy's a bad crew member, blah, blah, blah. So I never got my hands on the letter. Damn. Um, but I think it was basically that, like basically being like, she's not a team player. She's all bullshit and nothing factual. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we went our separate ways and I said, fuck this shit. I'm going to get my first Chief Stew job, which I did on this amazing, incredible sailboat that I stayed on for three years. And I still, seven years later, I still go back and freelance and I'm super close with the captains and the owners. Um, but yeah, that was my nightmare oh. experience where I got Can you bullied. imagine if she knew how much she pushed you into getting a chief stew role and now look at you you're the chief stew on below deck sailing yacht like you've done yeah, fuck you well. bitch that's what happens yeah. when you you yeah. bullies push you to be a better version of yourself so totally. thank you to all the bullies out there in the world because <laughs> thank you <laughs> without and fuck you, you i wouldn't be here exactly <laughs> oh my god i wonder if she watches yeah that was you know, and I know people who've worked with her since then and people who've worked in the same boats and she's renowned for just being a miserable bitch. And, mm. you know, with those people, it's always them, not you. And and I'm fine with the experience now, but that for at the time, it was horrendous. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. I It was just insane. And I, I still, to this day, truly believe that she was just jealous of me. Um and jealous of maybe my confidence uh mm. but that was I think up there with one of my worst working experiences of my life but like you said it's just pushed me to be in the place I am now so yeah yeah hideous experience but look at you now exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's horrible well my worst, my biggest nightmare working experience is something that you're very familiar with, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, anyone who is listening who has watched the season of Below Deck, I mean, we've talked enough about what happened on Below Deck, but no one knows what happened on the crossing. And that was probably, like, I think that the drama was taken up a notch because to sort of give a bit of a, su a quick summary on what happened, um, I was in a delightful thruple situation, <laughs> a love triangle with um, with the first mate, Gary, and the deckhand, Sydney. Um, she hooked up with him on the first night um, when he, had a, he was still with his girlfriend. He ended up sleeping with Sydney, broke up with his girlfriend over, over it all, and then pursued me um, and eventually him and I ended up together after a lot of back and forth and bullshit. Um, and then we were asked to stay on board by Captain Glenn um, and do the crossing. So after we finished filming, um, the people that were staying on board were Sydney, myself, Gary and Natasha the chef. Um, so By the way, <laughs> Natasha's traumatized from that experience. Um, I don't blame her because because it was bad for me because I had to deal with it in Palma, and then I was <laughs> and she's like Daisy the crossing, and I was like, no, I had to deal with it in Palma. And I just had Ali. I didn't even have Sydney and Gary. <laughs> I can't. And she's like, I'm fully traumatized. Yeah. So if anyone um doesn't know, Daisy and I actually like once we finished the crossing, and I finished working for. Glenn um Daisy and I actually met up and 
stayed we got a place together in Parma for six weeks. I think weeks we were both semi depressed, so <laughs> we were both absolutely in pieces. I'm sorry, but filming a reality show in itself is so emotionally and mentally draining, let alone like all the other things going on with it, let alone your actual life happening. I mean, and I think you had during Palma, you obviously had a very um, intense um, breakup going on with Gary. And I think me, I was in a transition in my life, which I'm still going through. I'm still like, what am I doing? With my life? Um, so I felt very unsettled. What month are we on? Yeah, exactly. Very unsettled for the last two years. And there's periods in the last two years where I felt very settled. And then there's been periods where I felt very lost because I don't have a home now or a permanent job for the last two years. Um, so, or a year, sorry, excuse me. But, um, I think at that period with, between your intense breakup and me not knowing what I'm doing with my life, we were going through a lot together and yeah. it was a weird, I mean, obviously it was a yeah, weird time. It was a really it weird was. time. And do you know we what else? We weren't the best version of ourselves. No, I'm we glad definitely we had weren't. each other. Yeah. I'm glad we but, had each other. I mean, we definitely kept each other afloat. We were kind of just floating, but we were keeping each other afloat. But I think it was also, you know, the, the place that we were staying in, it was like there was like no natural light in this house and it was so dreary and dark and depressing. Like I think yeah, that in it itself, really was. our environment, it was just very sullen and it really set mm-hmm. the tone for your mental state every day I remember there were a few days where I was like I literally don't even don't even want to like leave my bedroom I yeah. was just like no I totally agree I think there was there was so much going on and you trying to get back to Australia the breakup with Gary me and my um personal things that you know about mm-hmm. and also like feeling so lost and then this dark apartment and it was it was almost appropriate for how we were feeling. And yeah, we just, I think we just wanted just to wallow. wallow. And yeah, I think we were. And then we just bring each other down. And I would like, Ali would come into me crying and I would like try and like make her feel better. And then the next day it would be my turn and be bawling. And it was a bizarre time. And I'm, you remember when, um, I remember that particular person texting me being like, oh, you and Ali should just go and have fun. And it just set me off. I was like, do you know what we're going through? I was like, you are not helping right now. I was like, <laughs> That's so off. annoying I'm- when someone says that and you're like, are you, it's like, it's like when you're feeling down and someone says cheer up and you just want yeah. to stab them in the face. You're like, yeah. cheer up. You're Is like, we're enough? going, exactly. Like we're going through so much and mm. You know, and you have to go down to come back up. But obviously, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent. But yes, for everyone to know that that's what the crossing led to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I guess we've Bala. never really actually spoken about. It. I mean, it's been touched on very briefly in um, interviews, like what what we did after, or and we've said, you know, that you and I stayed together, but we've never actually talked about exactly what was going down when we were, because I was. <laughs> I don't um, even think me and you have talked about it because I think that's a period <laughs> in our life. And then I go and break oh my, my God, fucking and arm. Broke, and then you broke your arm. <gasps> oh and my then God, I went it was just like the cherry on the Sunday of shit. It was like a yeah. shit sandwich. <laughs> like if my life couldn't have gotten any shitter. And then I go back into lockdown and I'll never, and again, that person texts me on New Year's Eve and I'll never forget it. And he's like, I was being super dramatic. And I was like, I hate my life, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it's not that bad, Daisy. Like, and I go, I've put on weight. 
I have got a broken arm. I have no job. I'm stuck with my parents. I'm single. I'm homeless. It just went on. And I was like, and you're telling me that it's fine. And he was like, oh, okay. Yes. And I feel it's like, like sounds. I said before, there is a f- come down factor with filming, filming a season of Below Deck. Like it is so stimulating every minute of every day being filmed being mic'd being what like knowing that you're being watched having a camera like two inches from your face and working as hard as we work as long as we work and getting drunk every three four days absolutely blotto plastered drunk it's just a lot it's 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 a lot and then so there was a there was a legitimate come down factor happening for us as well. Mm-hmm. It was, it yeah, was, and you have to deal with all the aftermath. You know, you have everything that what happened the in the six of weeks. Like, yeah, the anxiety of like, okay, now what to expect? Like, this is going to air, and what what am I going to look like? How am I going to be portrayed? Mm-hmm. Like, you sort of sort of sending yourself insane going like that, going through that because we've never we've never done something like this before and you watch reality shows like The Bachelor where they actually go out of their way to make people look insane and you don't know how you don't know how this this program is going to be portrayed and I mean obviously mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it was very fair I think that you probably agree um it was quite fair they're, they're not going out of their way to make us look like insane people like the bloody bachelor bachelor girls and married at first sight and all of those shows but um yeah it's, I think with it's, me as well because this is my career um you know blow deck does obviously affect you know some people don't want to be associated and stuff so I think for me it was a huge risk that I took and and I did I yeah. still feel very lost I'm still trying to figure out you know what my next you know chapter in my life is and um, that was also very much playing on my mind. I was like, do I leave yachting? Do I stay in yachting? Am I going to get another job? Am I going to look in? You know, I'm kind of okay with looking insane, but I still need to earn a living. <laughs> Obviously, people don't want to work with crazy people. So. Yeah, Daisy, I just like, I have, I think I have proper PTSD from <laughs> from that period. But honestly, like got to go back to the crossing, yeah, so like, what happened on the crossing? Oh what? my god. So you obviously know, but I'm gonna tell you because we've got to we've got to tell our listeners, I'm gonna tell you, sort of go over it again. And I you probably have forgotten actually. But um I found out at the minute we finished filming, if anyone remembers who anyone who did watch the the season, if anyone remembers um the final night when we had the the sudsy hot tub party. So I found out that Gary actually tried tried it on with Sydney in the hot tub when I was in the hot tub with them. So this is literally well, you need to divulge more. <laughs> okay, so I was in Basically, the laundry... hot tub party. So much happened. So and much happened. Like people saw like two minutes, and I was like, and "Oh my god!" I we didn't know how much actually happened until after. <laughs> But um, so I actually... the whole night, Ali and well, this I already told the world about this with my life. Ali and Sydney <laughs> were making out in the hot tub the whole night. <laughs> I don't. And then I apparently, honestly... Gary honestly... was touching Sydney's private parts, and so was Sydney touching Gary's private parts. Well, we're all in the fucking hot tub. 
wait, she was touching him as well. I didn't know that part. I think so. I can't say verbatim because I can't remember. I've blocked that period. God, it never no, I'm pretty sure it was the two of them at each other and nobody could see anything because of all the hot tubs and I'm the fucking Egypt in the background going oh this is so much fun and innocent and little do I know that everybody's doing like hand jobs under the fucking I know, and Colin's sitting sword. there in his jeans fully fully dressed oh god oh my god it was that was like the most fun time even though there was it so was. much drama happening that was the most fun time that of the whole season that that sudsy hot tub party but um yeah, we didn't realize. We're obviously all so naive. I actually have zero recollection of making out with Sydney either on that night. I know I've made out with her before in the season, but I have zero recollection of. She was oh, coming on to you a lot, to be fair, but it was all. I do, she's completely I do remember naked. Being... And I'm like, are you fucking naked? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Do you realize where you are? She's like on top of you, in uh, naked, and we're and I'm on, and I'm like oh I'm God. just trying to fucking have a drink in a hot tub. Oh I'm like, God. why am I watching this porn? I'm like, what is happening? This is not the porn I was subscribing to either. What the fuck is going on? Well, <laughs> obviously we all had massive hangovers the next day, so it's always fun to find out some bad news when you're got anxiety going on but um I I learned of Sydney being touched by Gary in the hot tub because she was telling someone from production when there were everything was we wrap filming everything was over I was in the laundry room um and she was in our cabin which is like a meter apart from the doorway so you could hear I could hear everything um and <laughs> She was, yeah, divulging the information to someone from production and I sort of like poked my head around the corner. I was like, hey, I can hear everything you're saying. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? I'm about to go on the crossing. I've committed to Glenn. We're in a pandemic. You can't just get replacement crew just at the snap of fingers like you normally would. So I've genuinely committed to Glenn on a different level to do this crossing. He had no other interior. I was the only interior that was going. Um, <laughs> and I'm laughing now because I like it's just like ridiculous how much bullshit went down. But um, I pulled I pulled Sydney aside and I was literally just like it was the first time that I said, "You have to stop, stop this." I know it's not just him. You always blame him. I know it's you as well, and I'm not going to let him get away with this. I'm also going to say the same things to him, but please have some respect for me. Like, please. I was, I was literally begging her, please. And she sort of like, I don't know. It's like something like clicked in her head. I, and she finally heard me. Um, so then I had to go and talk to fucking Gary and be like, so I heard this is going on. Um, that was a conversation that, you know, it was, I was just like so fed up with him by then. And that, that conversation set the tone for my attitude towards him for the rest of, of the course. Crossing you're going to have it. enough is enough. And exactly. And it was one of those situations. I'm like, it is so hard to live and work with the person that I really like that I've been involved with and the girl that he's been trying to mess around with on the side plus has slept with her and that girl reciprocated 
you know, I, I just, I was like, I don't know what's, what's, couldn't, what's worse. What's harder for me is to it, stay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I knew I was always going back to Australia. It was never going to go anywhere. Like we had no future, even though we did talk about whether we could have a future, maybe next season as in next med season, if I came back to work on a boat, that's six months away. You know, I'm trying to get back home to Australia. I've got a life. I've got another job, my diving job. You know, that was my priority. And Gary was definitely not worth staying around for. Um, so Sydney and I ended up actually, after that conversation, we became like the best of friends. And it was really weird. It just felt, it all felt like dirty. You know that feeling? Like it was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I am. And it just... I just didn't want to well, have I drama. Think, you know, there there was, you know, I think for the whole season it was you and Sydney being pitted against each other and Gary mm. playing these minefields. And, you know, I definitely think um, Sydney's not completely innocent in the slightest. But I think, you know, for a long time it was you two competing against each other and maybe it got to a point where it was like, what, wait a minute, why are we fighting with each other? Why can we be friends and Gary be the yeah, asshole? totally. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, I'm sick of fighting with this girl. I actually really like Sydney. Um, I really, she's really fun. She's a yes girl. I love a yes girl. Um, and yeah, I was like, I'm just sick of fighting. And then we, so and Gary <laughs> completely gets away unscathed every time. He and it's like, gets he never, away with everything. Yeah, I hate he, myself for, for letting him get away with as much as I did. I mean, I did I my best with the situation at hand. It was a very, very intense situation, but, oh, my God, he still ended up in the in the end. He still, he still got me in the end. So we went, you know, we went on the crossing and things were amazing for a few days and then he just became insanely jealous of um the engineer that was on board like insanely jealous like he he got was at a point where he would every time I would talk to the engineer he would pull me aside and uh, like yell at me over it tell me I couldn't laugh at his jokes tell me I was sucking up to him telling me like I wanted to hook up with him this engineer had a girlfriend that was his the second engineer on board by the way so it was like it was like insanity but he just but the he problem just, is, is when you start a relationship on the basis that you and Gary did, it was never going to be healthy. You were always oh, going to have trust so issues. And that's, you know, the sad reality of of beginning a relationship on a on a negative note. Um, Absolutely. So not, it doesn't it, surprise me at all. It brings me back to what you said before about, I'm not calling him a bully, but how you said this bully that you um, had to deal with that was the reason that you pushed yourself further. And honestly, I'm in the most healthy, amazing relationship of my entire life right now. And I've got a baby on the way and I'm so happy in my love life. Like I'm so settled. And it's because I was like, I'm never, ever going to put up with that again. Like the next person that I'm with is never going to treat me like that. And it was like, it was one of those you know, it just propelled me forward. And then, you know, this amazing relationship fell into my lap with someone that I've been friends with. We have to turn all our negative experiences into positive ones. You know, that's why we need negative um, experiences in our life. So obviously that worked out for you in the end. I'm still waiting for that to happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh, I know, Daisy, we're going to do um, – we're actually going to do a podcast in the future between with with all three of us and we're going to talk about finding love and Daisy's journey of finding love is, is colorful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to happen to what's happened to Ali to me. But... I, stay I positive, mean, I've had... stay positive. <laughs> totally I've had so many shitty boyfriends it took me it wasn't just one Gary there were there were plenty of Gary's but on varying levels in different ways but just the toxicity um I've definitely had plenty of that but finding someone who not because we have been friends my partner and I we've been friends for 12 years so I know him I know him as a person he is just exactly who he presents himself to be so there's no nasty surprises in this relationship and that's why we're able to move forward so quickly and we both trust each other wholeheartedly um because yeah it's like it's that getting to know you period like when I first set foot on Parsifal on day one I didn't even think I would be attracted to anyone and then next minute I'm like crying in Palmer in a dark apartment with daisies and her broken arms. So <laughs> I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. But sure. it, to kind of um to kind of conclude my nightmare working experience, I um ended up actually Leaving the boat, I couldn't deal with Gary anymore. I couldn't. De- there was just too much damage. Was it just done. mainly the jealousy? I think, but you you also felt. I think he changed. Yeah, like, he did. The- he he checked out. He totally checked out. He just wasn't the fun, charismatic, bubbly. Well, because he got social. you. He got you, and then the game was over. Absolutely, the, and he the he, thrill. He, he has said that he loves the thrill of a chase. Um, I mean, it's a very immature, it's a very immature thing. But I mean, I guess everyone loves a bit of a chase to a degree. But he takes it to that next level. He definitely mm. does. Um, <laughs> and I just so happen to fall into the trap in the end. But um, yeah, I I just couldn't I couldn't get past the the bullshit that went down. And then on top of that. I was getting a guy, I was with a guy that wasn't even that fun to be with and was also yelling at me all the time because I was talking to a co-worker. So I'm like, what am I doing here? I ended up leaving leaving the boat um, because we we all did, once we got, once we finished our crossing, we all actually did stay on board and work for Glenn for a period of time. But um, I ended up leaving the boat and I went travelling, met some friends around Europe Saw and then finally met a few days and you then got Gary to meet was- my crew. <laughs> that was fun, then, though. I know it was. We still had. We I think we still made the most of our of our experience in Spain. You and I. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. No, we had a lot of fun. I'm glad we had each other. We just it was just a dark period in our life. That's all. Yeah, I could. I was locked out of my own country. That was a whole different level of stress in itself. So I was like stressing about that. But um, the minute I got back to Palmer, because that was where Parsifal was docked, the minute I got back there, Gary was like, I want to meet, meet up with you. I want this and this with you. I want us to be together. And then this is why <laughs> Daisy was listening to me vent for like the next few weeks because he he like he just decided he was giving me all these things. I didn't even want him as a boyfriend. I was like, I don't actually want that type of commitment from you. But like I want 
I still like you. I want something while I'm here. And he just flat out ignored me. He would make it, he made a couple of dates with me and then he would just cancel last minute. Remember? Yeah. Do you think that if you had said, okay, I want to be your girlfriend, that it would have been different? Because it was really weird. And obviously I've experienced the same kind of things that what Gary was doing with you, that it was incredibly confusing because he, yeah, he would like go on at you and on at you and you're like, no, we're not meeting up. And then eventually you're like, fuck it, let's go for dinner. And then he would just ignore you. And it was <laughs> obviously very painful to watch. And, yeah. you know, I, I understood where you were coming from. And I've had that happen to me before. And it's very confusing. But I didn't really get what Gary's prerogative was. I didn't get what- I know, it was so confusing. I'm like, why are you still pursuing me? I just, it was, and it was the same thing. It was just the thrill of the chase. Like once he had me committed to a dinner or something- and then he'd bail last minute or he wouldn't even he wouldn't even bail last minute I think one one night he told me like two hours after we were meant to meet up I'm like sitting there ready to go it's just like it was just getting ridiculous but he just he wanted that he would bait me and he'd he'd keep pursuing me and then he would just pull it away and go oh no no and then just be like act all like casual cool like laid back about it I'm like hang on a minute I'm the casual cool laid back one you're the one pursuing me how did this you, how did I and exactly here? and you you know it's gaslighting because then you get so upset and so crazy and then he's like you see you're crazy and you're like well no you pushed yeah. me to this point I'm like why like, would you, you you're someone? talking about this exact moment whereas you're not talking about the whole day that led up to you know it's 11 p.m and you're bawling crying but it's like well there's a whole day that of bullshit that you had to deal with that led you to that point and suddenly you're the crazy one I was like oh my god I know. like really I know it was so boring by the end it was tiresome it was we'd done a whole season of this bullshit and it was just I was so relieved to get back to Australia and to put that behind me and I mean we kind of tried to sort of be friends I don't want to say friends because I didn't really speak to him that much once I got back to Australia but we did every now and then have a phone call catch up and um and then oh no he was it was actually when I was in quarantine I was in quarantine for two weeks and then I ended up um flying up to see my friends which is when Benny and I ended up um together only a few weeks after that. So there was a very short, because then that's when I sort of was like, mm, I'm clocking off from you. I'm focusing on this. And yeah, so it was a very short time where we were friends. Um, and then and then we had the reunion and we all know how that went. <laughs> and we do not speak at all now, by the way. Lots, lots of people ask me that. We do not speak at all. After the reunion, he was pretty pissed off at me for throwing him and Sydney under the bus about him having a long-term girlfriend when he came on board. Um, So he was pretty upset with me about that. And he was also, he also did admit to me that he was, um, he was jealous and upset that I was having a baby and I was in a committed relationship and he, yeah, he, he just, he, he'd lost it was like the thrill of the chase was genuinely gone because I'm like, I've so far moved on from it. So he did admit that as well. So I presume that's a part of why we don't talk um, on his end. But it's just, it was just the nightmare that just kept on going. Yeah, 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was pretty much living it too. <laughs> no, I don't mind it. That's what friends are for. But, and you know, and it's hard being a friend because, you know, but I, I stay in these toxic relationships. So that's why I would never, you know, not be there for my friends. But yeah. obviously it's hard to watch when you can see something so clearly from an outside perspective. But I totally it's get awful that to your watch. emotions it's, can. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder and you, what And, you know, be... I knew from day one it was never had a future either. So it was like all this all these people For being what? hurt and yeah it was like you know if I genuinely thought that there was any sort of future I might be like okay fair enough but you two live very different lives like you said you were going back to Australia he'll stay being a yachty I think he isn't anywhere near close to settling down there's so many different aspects to it and I was like oh all these people are gonna be hurt and all these tears are going to be shed and like you said for what but on the other side like you said you need these experiences to make you a better version of yourself and yeah it's just part of life it definitely is yeah and um note to self never ever get involved in another boatmance which I obviously won't be because I'm in a relationship and I'm having a baby but if that so happened to be my path again hell fucking no am I ever going I will down never this? get involved with a boat man oh my god Cannot yeah you you have to deal with enough just having that. the people around <laughs> you doing I am smarter than that I've been doing this way too long <laughs> to do that but, I should have yeah. seeked out your advice from the start before <laughs> and that's what everyone says I'm like I told you so but yeah <laughs> oh god well no, you um, need to learn this on your own so yeah yeah you do yeah you definitely do that's a th- and that's a thing with love as well with finding love having relationships everything that comes with it you have to make the mistakes on your own and you have to feel the pain and you encapsulate that into your memory bank and you say, I am worth so much more than this and I will never put up with it again. And it takes many mistakes for many, like for most human beings to eventually be able to snap out of like bad situations or constantly attracting toxic situations. But it definitely you definitely do get to your breaking point and I definitely did with that was that was honestly my breaking point I was like I'm not never going to put up with this crap again no hell no like and then I had to relive it by watching it on tv I'm like oh I know I know oh well this has been fun Daisy always (laughs) the pleasure it's been a pleasure (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure so so sick uh, like you have spent basically the last year hearing about <laughs> this situation no probably, I like, don't mind do you listen out. to me and my my toxic relationships that's what friends are for so <laughs> we'll always I'm be okay there for each this. other yeah exactly <laughs> oh cool well um thanks Daisy I'm gonna head off to bed and I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks um We've got another Peter Party next week uh, podcast with just Danny and I. Um, obviously, we've still got the IGTV going on our Instagram pages, so make sure you're still checking them out because we've got some really cool guests that we've been having and some more exciting guests to come. Um, and then we'll have the three of us back in 